Hailing from California, Cameron Anderson brings the sound of the Golden State to WNYU with her show, Hollywood Holiday. Drawing inspiration from the Los Angeles Paisley underground scene and from her father's taste for indie music, Cameron allows us to escape the bustling city on Sunday nights for a true Hollywood holiday. My name is Cameron, and I host a .org music show that's on Sunday nights, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. called Hollywood Holiday. It's basically 80s college music, but specifically from like Los Angeles, California. Does that mean you're from the West Coast? I am. That's one of the reasons I picked this genre is because it just, it felt very close to my heart. Feels like home. It makes me a little bit homesick, but it's worth it. I like to say that I'm a college radio legend because my dad did college radio. So (laughs) I was always, it was like drilled into me from a very young age how cool college radio was and how it was the time of his life. How do you kind of find this music? What I did was I culled all the knowledge that I had of every single Paisley underground artist and every artist that had a similar genre and put them all into one master playlist, every album they ever made. Um, And then sometimes my dad will throw in a request. Really? Yeah. (laughs) He'll text me like, please be sure to play... Like the suburbs this God. this weekend, please. That's really sweet. That's really yeah, sweet. I think so. Since you've listened to so much music, mm-hmm. you probably know what's up in the field. Are there any bands in that genre, do you think, that are up and coming, would you say? There's this one band that really follows in the style. I think some of the members may even be members of old Paisley Underground bands mm-hmm. called The Baseball Project, and they have some really great stuff. A lot of it I cannot play on air because it's actually explicit, but... If y'all want to listen to that on your own time, um, Baseball Project, they have some really good stuff. Is that something you've been listening to recently? Or what's like in your most recent playlist? Well, I listen to a lot of not this on my own. (laughs) I listen to a lot of pop and a lot of like older 50s and 60s soul and R&B. But I do listen to this a lot, not only to prepare for the shows, but just because I love it. I'll sometimes like find a song that I really love I'll be like oh this I haven't heard this one before this is great and I'll throw it into like my winter playlist that I'm listening to right now so then I it gets a lot of it gets a lot of airtime for me do you think then that I guess regardless of pop or Mm -hmm. what you do on the show is that reflective of your personality pop not so I mean I guess I just appreciate fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) for pop I think that's what I think that's what's indicative of that for this I think absolutely from from my show not only just the California kind of vibes you get from the music but also just this is kind of what shaped my own musical taste so me my personality maybe not so much but definitely like what what I enjoy um and what I found musically brilliant you take a lot into account of like what you grew up with right and I guess that makes music good to you I was very informed by my my father's music taste he went to school in DC Mm -hmm. um so he was very big into the the like DC underground indie movement. I was fed these <laughs> these little indie <laughs> rock bands from a very young age. So this is just what I appreciate, what um, and I hope I can get everyone else to appreciate it as well because it's amazing. And now. Economy Candy. Economy Candy has seen it all since the Great Depression. Located on the Lower East Side for more than 80 years, the store is a source of nostalgia for the old and a place for endless candy for the young. 
Come walk around with Fernanda and Yasmin to experience the vintage candy store that is resisting the modernization of New York by holding its ground and showing everyone a glimpse of the old New York City. I'm Yasmin. And I'm Fernanda. And this is our tour of Economy Candy. Walking around the Lower East Side, you feel the clash between new and old, nostalgia and modernity. Cat's Deli, with its old red brick glory, stands next to hipster coffee shops that attract young New Yorkers with fresh brews. Then there's Economy Candy, a tribute to a vanishing New York and a reminder of survival. You walk through the doors and hear 50s music playing. Notice the small cart with old records for sale and a vintage gumball machine. They create a sense of familiarity. So does the staff that has been working at the store for many years. It is more than an overfilled store with sweet delicacies and copious amounts of candy. It's a historical landmark, a place that adults come to taste a bit of nostalgia and kids come to bargain with their parents about how many sweets they can exactly buy. Economy Candy started out as a shoe and hat repair store that had a candy cart outside. When the depression hit in the 1930s, the cart became more popular than the shoe repair. When Morris Moisha Cohen and his brother-in-law returned from World War II, they decided to turn the shoe store into a candy store. Today, Cohen's grandson works at the cash register and runs the business. Since 1937, it has accumulated generations of sweets, loyal customers, and tourists. From beaded candy necklaces to junior mints, to Milk Duds, Beeman's Chewing Gum and Pop Rocks, candy for special occasions like Valentine's Day, Easter, Christmas, Passover, and Halloween, Decade boxes that put together favorites from 50s, 70s, and 80s. Economy Candy has it all. The store will continue to be open seven days a week for as long as people want candy. When it comes to Friday evenings at NYU, a typical night may include partying with friends or catching up on the latest episode of Sex Education on Netflix. But for the more adventurous, you could go into the East Village and attend a Friday night poetry slam at the Neurican Poets Cafe. Founded in 1973, the cafe has been hosting events ranging from open mic contests to Friday night slams and has served as one of the country's most respected spaces for artists. To go and take part in this alternative Friday night, we sent out reporters Harrison, Cora, and Elle to enter the poetry ring. So, okay, today is Friday. The 22nd, and we are heading over to the, how do you pronounce it? New York. The New Yorican Poets Cafe. No, I'm looking forward to this. I would say quote-unquote literary poetry events uh-huh. are going to be different than slam poetry events. It really is a performance, I think, if anything. Yeah, it's a performance, but without the feeling that you're necessarily watching something staged. Just because maybe like the level of interaction with the crowd or the kind of performance aspect to it. Ah, slam poetry. By definition, a poetry slam is pretty much what you'd think. Envision a bunch of MMA fighters duking it out in an arena, except instead of fighters, we have poets, and instead of fists, they're using spoken word poetry. And this is exactly what Cora, Elle, and I came to see. Much like a sporting event, the wait to go inside the venue is quite long, so we decided to talk to some people online. My name is Berkeley. My name is Alexa. Um, I came here the first time because one of my friends was performing, so I just came to support her. I've been to like open poetry nights before. I know like particular background and just like the listening to them for fun. <laughs> but we're not poets at all. Yeah. <laughs> we just more dabble in listening to it, and then I have like poetry books I read on my own time. But yeah, 
I like to just hear a different perspective, so I like to hear poetry about things that I wouldn't write about if I was a poet. So I'm really just looking to figure out like what people, what's on their mind, their perspective on life and the world. So pretty open. I want to hear something empowering because every time I've come here, people always talk about something they're really passionate about, and it just makes me feel like I need to be more passionate about things that I'm passionate about. <laughs> Spoken word is my only healthy coping mechanism. You know, it's like what I do is like I have like all these like feelings just like bunched up and it's kind of like chewed up bubble gum mm -hmm. stuck to my chest and I just kind of <laughs> scrape it off and I, I and I say it on stage and I, I feel better afterwards, you know. You're listening to Carlita. She's in the VIP line for the New York and Slam Poetry event and she indeed is a very important person. You see, Carlita is a poet herself and it turns out that she's going to be competing at tonight's slam. The New York is like historical, you know, it's like it's the poetry place of New York. It's like, I, I always knew about it and stuff like that. And then when I saw that they had like the open mic stuff for poetry, I just kind of did it. This is my first time getting this round though. This is, uh, what it is is that Wednesday nights they have an open mic and anyone can sign up. And if you win Wednesday night, then you get invited to Friday. They have like professional poets and stuff like that. And then plus the winner of Wednesday night, which is me this time. <laughs> As you enter the cafe, hip-hop music gets the crowd going, violet lighting bounces off the exposed brick walls, and you truly feel a sense of artistic creativity in the air. Once everybody settles in, the poetry battle commences. The rules are pretty simple, and they are explained by a very charismatic MC that goes by the name Jive Poetic. Alright, come, come inside. Alright, so poets, listen. This is a no thing. Same hole. Each poet gets to perform two poems, and they get scored by five audience members holding scoreboards that can be moved from a scale of 0 to 9.9. The highest and lowest score from the five audience members gets dropped, and the remaining three get averaged out. At the end of the showdown, a winner is named and awarded 20 bucks, but most importantly, they get the honor and glory of winning the Friday Night Slam. First up, there's CJ Parker, who sets the tone with a passionate poem about race representation. After, a poet named Lyrical Faith responds back with one focused on how society objectifies models. When she's finished, a man by the name of Sergio performs a comedic and touching performance on his new experience as a father. And to finish things off, Carlita hits the stage, choosing to focus on what it's like to be a Latina in today's society. After all the poems and scores had been completed, it was time to reveal the winners. Coming in third, we had Sergio, who pridefully took the stage and received a warm standing ovation. In second came Carlita, whose family cheered as her name was announced. And taking home all the glory came Lyrical Faith, smiling at her well-earned $20. We managed to catch up with Carlita and Sergio after the event to get an insider's perspective as to what it's like to perform at the New Yorican, whether or not they have any pregame rituals, and what they do to deal with hecklers. It's really weird. It's like, if you were to touch my hand before I go up, you would swear your hand is in a bowl of water. Like, my hands get so sweaty and I'm so nervous, but it's like the minute my foot hits the stage, it's like before I even get to my room, the minute my foot hits the stage, I'm cool. And it's like my brain like recognizes like the endorphins after saying something. So it's like as soon as my foot hits the stage, I'm just kind of like 
Okay, we're gonna feel better now. So getting on stage, it is nervous. I'm nervous, I'm shaking. Sometimes, you know, I'm sweating. But that's the adrenaline and the encouragement that makes me do it. You know, it's like, I'd rather say I did it than to say I didn't. When I'm at the New York weekend, I always get a corona first. You know, because it's not gonna like get, get me twisted or anything. It's not gonna like impair me at all, but it's like, it's like the act of drinking of Corona. I'm just like, okay, it's cool. I'm chilling. It's fine. We're just hanging out. Like I listen to a lot of uh, motivational hip hop. You know, it's upbeat. The words are talking about success and pushing towards your goals and chasing your dreams. Half of the game is just making sure you're mentally prepared. I've never come here as a patron and a poet where anyone has been disrespectful. Being a poet here, it's like, because I've never seen that, it makes me less afraid. Oh, wow. So there was this one moment, and I learned my lesson now. Every time someone books me for a gig, I ask all the questions. It was an event for Stop and Frisk. And I was like, okay, Stop and Frisk event. Dope. I will do some poems about police brutality. I ended up realizing that the event was to promote Stop and Frisk. So I had an audience of advocates and politicians plus two rows full of officers and I wasn't gonna back down. I was like, I'm nervous as shit and I'm gonna do these poems. And I did the poems and halfway by the second poem, I see like activists in the back like waving their hands to stop me and like cut me off. I even had like someone slide me a Sharpie to let me know that my time was up. And uh, I didn't even get paid. Once I finished, I told my colleague who was with me, I was like, I gotta go, I feel unsafe. I'm leaving right now, we gotta go. I don't even care about the check, let's leave. New York poems are kind of like New York people. We don't bullshit. There's no subtlety. They're here, they're saying what they're saying, and they're not pretending or like skirting around the issue or like almost touching the issue. They're right in the center of the issue and stuff like that. Everyone should do it. Write it out. Anytime like my friend's going through something really hard and they just feel like they don't know how they're gonna get over it, write it out. Write it on a piece of paper, write it out. Turn it into something beautiful. If you're looking for something different on a Friday evening, the New Yorkian Poets Cafe hits all the criteria for a memorable night. There's competition, there's emotion, but most importantly, you're contributing to what makes New York City a prime place for poetry and artistic expression. 